word is living and active in our hearts. And Lord, today as we look to your word and as we look to the future, we just pray you would help us, Lord, gain a positive perspective about this coming year for your glory and honor. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So good to see you today. In fact, I'm looking forward to seeing you Wednesday night and then next Sunday morning. And let's just, let's, let's start strong. Let's be faithful to God and let's just really begin strong. I want you to turn in your Bible with me to this morning to Philippians chapter three, verse 13 and 14. Uh, just use this kind of as a launching pad this morning. Again, the last Sunday of 2012. Uh, and uh, I want to talk to you about gaining positive perspectives for 2013. Everyone say positive perspectives. You know, some people don't have a whole lot of positive things to say about the, the future. Uh, you know, in fact, we're still here. The Mayans, I don't know if they're licking their wounds or not, uh, but uh, I'm still here. That means God has a plan for us. And as you know, in Jeremiah 29, 11, he has a plan for us, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us a future and a what? A hope. And so I'm very hopeful. I have a real confidence about the future. And I believe God has good things for all of us. Philippians chapter 3, just to kind of kind of kickstart us today. And let me say, before I read this passage, I'm going to give you some really good tools. Okay? Uh, I think of Dr. Shibley and training of the frontline shepherds around the world, what they do. Put a vision in their heart and tools in their hands. I'm going to give you some real tools today to help you gain a positive perspective to to equip you for this coming year in a way that maybe you've never been equipped. So I want to encourage you to write these things down. And, and, and let me just say this. I'm, we're going to begin to do this more. I don't know if you're a Facebooker or a, or a social media person. Let me tell you the power of social media. Uh, every week when we finish off a service, uh, Ike and Daniel and some of the guys, they will take our right now audio of the service and post it on our Church on the Rock North Facebook page. And if you go and like that, okay, you will get notified. If you go like Church on the Rock North, you'll, it'll pop up on your page uh, the link to the sermon or the message. And amazing things happen when you punch the word share. Everyone say share. If you have three or four or 500 friends on your list, and I don't know how many I have, but everybody's got a few hundred that have been Facebooking very long, you punch share and all your friends who are regular Facebookers, they will see that link on your page and they have the potential of going and punching that and listening to the word of God and letting the word of God change their life. So I wanna encourage you to begin to use that tool to, to be creative, to share the word with your friends, not only on Facebook and other uh, avenues. And hey, and, and, you know, if you're, a, if you're an iPodder or an iPadder or an iPhone, you can download, <coughs> pardon me, you can download the, the podcast from iTunes. Uh, a lot of our church members do that. And so a lot of different ways to accomplish that. So, hey, there's a lot of people that could use this message today. And I want you to be an evangelist and do your best to get it into their hands. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul the Apostle said this, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one, or to have arrived. Anybody here, has anybody here arrived? 
Okay, you've not arrived. You, we're still in a process. He said, I don't count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Then he said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father, once again, share your heart with us today as we endeavor to position ourselves in a place of real positive perspective and viewpoint for the new year. And everybody said, amen. This is a great time to do a few things. Let me just encourage you to ponder these things. And it's a great time to reflect. I don't know about you, but we need to spend some time reflecting, some quality time thinking about the past and thinking about last year and thinking about the future. Maybe some time we need to spend repenting. I don't know about you, but I didn't do everything perfect last year. Did anybody do everything perfect last year? Okay, no one. So how many of you know we might need to spend a little time repenting? In fact, the Bible says you repent that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. How many of you would appreciate some refreshing times with God? So we, we need at the, you know, the end of the year and the beginning of a new year is a great time to do that, to reflect, repent, and refocus our life. You know, sometimes the, the holidays can even get us out of focus with God's purpose and plan. <coughs> you know, all the hubbub and all the things we do. Uh, and then recalibrating, retweaking. Some of you guys work in the plants. You know what recalibrating is. All those fine-tuned, you know, uh, gauges and things, you know, they've got to be recalibrated to, you know, to zero or whatever. So everything is, you know, hitting on all eight cylinders, so on and so forth. And then, hey, another R word, spend some time rejoicing over what God has done. You know, I think back to our church just this past year. One real praise the Lord is our, our church. We're building a church in Africa. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Man, that's awesome. So it's a great time to do that and, and to really focus your life for the coming year. In fact, all of us need, even now, as we move into the new year, we need to get a clear, positive perspective about our life and about the future, a fresh perspective, a viewpoint. You see, some of us get so, so tunnel vision in life that we need a fresh perspective. You know, uh, someone said, don't ever make a decision, a life-altering decision in the valleys of life. Anybody been through the valley? Okay, and we all go through low points in our life. Don't ever make a life-changing decision at those places because you don't have a true perspective, right? Get on the, get on the mountaintop. Get a fresh perspective about God and all that he's doing and all that he is and all that he, he has to offer us. And so, so I want to help you this morning get a fresh perspective about your life and about your family and about your church and about your new year. <coughs> the second thing I want to do is help you gain some fresh vision for your life a fresh direction for your life, a vision from God. You know, without a vision, the people do what? They, they perish. And we certainly in 2013 don't want to perish. We want to prosper in 2013. Uh, and so we need a fresh perspective and we need to gain a fresh vision. And number three, we need to glean from life's experiences. You know, my father, I, you know, he's been in heaven for many, many years. In fact, in 1983, I think January or February of 83, uh, he uh, went to heaven. 
But he was not, in my younger years, the most spiritual man, but he had a lot of wisdom. And what, I quote him still today, you know, if you hit your finger with a hammer and you're in pain, his, he was not the most merciful guy in town. And he would ask you this question, well, did you learn anything? Look at your neighbor and say, did you learn anything? <coughs> Amen. Where's Cade? Cade, could you bring me a little glass of water? Thank you, sir. Uh, and so, hey, we need to glean from life's experiences. And, and, and even as we think about 2012, we need to, you know, don't, you know, don't waste a bad time. Learn from it. Amen. And so we need to learn some things. And so this morning, I want to help you do that, do just that. As we are finishing up 2012 and looking to 2013, I'm going to help you, give you some tools to help you get a fresh perspective about your life, your family, your future, help give you some tools to gain a fresh vision for your life and for your family, and then some tools to help you glean from life's experiences and be able to, hey, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, be able to use those things for his glory. So here we go. Everyone say, here we go. I'm going to give you at least two and probably four thoughts about that. Here's how you can began to do that this year as we move into the new year. The first thing that I would encourage you to do if you want to get a fresh perspective and gain a fresh vision and glean from life's experiences uh, and really get a positive perspective about life in general, you do so by looking back. Everyone say looking back. Now I know what some of you are thinking. <coughs> You're saying, Pastor, now wait a minute. Paul the Apostle just said, Forgetting those things which are behind, right? How many of you know Paul was not advocating our, our brain, thank you so much, our brain being washed clear of our past? How many of you have a past? I believe what he's focusing on is not allowing our past to keep us from our future. Many people let their past paralyze them. And, and, and pollute their future. And so therefore they're just paralyzed. They're in limbo land. And, 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 and I had this thought, uh, I believe it was from the Lord. You know, Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. Here was the thought I had as I looked to this message. And, and it is this, a big part of forgetting is processing the past properly. Let's read that. Because I think this is important. A big part, everybody together out loud. A big part of forgetting is processing the past properly. You see, some people don't process the past rightly. You know, you can't deny 2012, right? It's in the history books, pretty much. And you can't deny the experiences. You know, we talked about gleaning from life's experience. You can't deny that, you, that some of us have been through some real challenges in the past. Some of us may have made some bad mistakes in the past, so on and so forth. You can't deny those things, but you can process them rightly. Some people don't process, you know, some, if you got hurt terribly by someone in 2012, uh, you know, or in the past somewhere, if you don't process that properly, you'll get all hung up and never be able to move into the destiny of God for your life. Now, I know I'm right about that one. Let me help you do that today. And let me just say, I'm about to give you some real tools to help you get past the past. 
How many of you at least have somebody in your life that needs to get past the past? Here we go. This is how we look back. We need to look back at our mistakes. Oh, preacher, I want to forget those. God said he forgot them. But let me just say, we got to think about what we did wrong so we don't do it again, right? And again, my dad, did you learn anything? You know, denial of, of the oops and boops in life many times just set us up for another mistake. And so we need to process our mistakes righteously and based upon the word of God. And in fact, I heard someone say something like this. I don't know if it doesn't quite fit, uh, uh, you know, you forgive me, but it was something like this about our mistakes and our past. Don't rehearse it or nurse it. Everybody say, don't rehearse it or nurse it. That's what a lot of people do, and it gets them all hung up. They make a terrible mistake, and all they do is rehearse it over and over in their mind and in their heart, and they, and they, and they nurse that thing, and it never dies in their life, and that mistake of yesterday just lives on day in and day out. Don't rehearse it or nurse it. Those bad things that, uh, that, that, that you experienced, that, you, that either you made a terrible mistake or someone hurt you or offended you, don't rehearse it or nurse it, but curse it. And then you can reverse it. Something along those lines. The whole thought is, don't get hung up by your mistakes, but learn from them so that you in the coming year can, can, can know and have wisdom. You know, if you stick your finger in the light socket once, have you got the message? You would hope so. But many times... We do the same old thing over and over and we think, I thought I'd never do that. So process your mistakes uh, properly. Look back and say, what, where, did, where did I miss it? Where did I, where did I blow it? And how could I in the coming days uh, uh, put a guard over my heart or a guard over my life so that I don't fall for that again? Are you with me? Say amen. So, hey, we're talking about getting some positive perspective for the future. So look back at our mistakes. But number two, we ought to look back at our milestones. How many of you had some successes this past year? Amen. We ought to look back at those and give God all the glory and all the credit for those things that we accomplished through his power and mercy and grace. But let me just give you the little warning here. Some people think a base hit is a home run. Don't, hey, don't walk off or sometimes, listen, sometimes our successes paralyze us as well because we think we have, we have arrived. Listen, a base hit is not a walk off home run in the world series of your life. Are you with me? And so we process the milestones of our, look back and go, thank you, Jesus, for all that you did through our life and not, not be as those who not return to God and are grateful for all he's done for us. We ought to look back on 2012 and, and you know, I know what some of you are saying, oh, I ain't looking back 2012. Man, come on now. God's been good. You're here today. Look at somebody say, come on now. God's been good to you in 2012. He's been good to you. Hey, you're listening to me preach this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a, hey, we're talking about positive perspectives. 
Look back over the year and begin to outline. You know, some people have the tendency to look at life from the negative perspective. Hey, don't do that. Look at life and say, even the, even the hard places in life, you look back and you glean something good from that. And you realize, hey, in, in, in the long run, God has been good to me and it's going to work out for my glory. It's going to work out for my benefit. We've got to process the past by looking at our mistakes, looking at our milestones. And another thing we may need to do is realize this. We need to look at the man mandate of God over our life. And what is that mandate? That is to do the will of God. We look at our mistakes, we look at our milestones, and we look at the mandate of God. How many of you know all of us live with a mandate from God? That's the will of God for your life. And as we come to the close of 2012, we ought to be at least brave enough to ask ourselves some important questions. Did I do the will of God? To the best of my ability, did I accomplish his kingdom purpose in my life? And, and then whatever we come up with, then we again process those things and we realize, oh, there's some things. Did you know as, as the pastor of Church on the Rock North, that I have a mandate, I have a directive from God. And, and I, in fact, I sent you a letter by email and we're going to mail it this next week uh, for you that don't have it. We don't have you on our email list. Uh, pastor Sam is going through some tweaking and some fine tuning of his life in this new year. And because I realize I, I live with a mandate to raise up runners for the next lap. I live with a mandate to invest within people the necessary tools and equipment to get them from, from uh, point A to point B and to uh, ultimately accomplish the purpose of God. And so I'm tweaking my life. I'm looking back and going, what did I not do in 2012 as a pastor? And what should I not have done? Or what should I have done? And, and then how am I uh, aligning myself up with the will of God for my life. Very important things that you and I need to do to get a clear perspective and to gain some fresh vision and glean from life's experiences. We've got to look back. Everybody say you do so by looking back. Come on, say you do so by looking back. And then the next part is, this is getting better because nobody really likes looking back. You know, there's a limited perspective about looking back. You do have to look back. If you're always supposed to be looking back, the rear view, uh, the, the rear view mirror in your car would be as big as a windshield. Right? Think about it. It's very small. You do have to look back. But that's for the purpose of being able to move forward again. So here, we do so by looking back, but number two, we do so, we gain perspective and we get fresh vision and we glean from life's experiences by looking forward. Everyone say looking forward. What did Paul say? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. And that's what I want to encourage you in 2012 to realize God wants to move you forward into his purpose and plan more so than ever before. Looking forward, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I want to give you three thoughts about looking forward that you and I need to embrace in our life. Some real tools that we, we pardon me, <coughs> that we need to put into our life and put into play. The first one is take time to pray, plan, prepare, and prioritize. You see, if you're going to do the will of God, you've got to pray and seek the Lord. Let me say to you, in 2012, hey, you may have prayed some and done. Let me tell you, in 2013, if you want to move to another level, we're going to have to seek him more than we've ever sought him before. 
We've got to take some time to pray. And I'm going to set aside some time in this in January uh, to pray and fast. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But to really pray and tune in to the will of God and, and refocus and, and recalibrate and get plugged into the will of God. And then everyone say plan. We say it this way. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. If you want to accomplish anything in 2013, you're going to do so by prayer and by planning and by preparing and then prioritizing your life. Most of us need to reprioritize our life on a regular basis. Are you with me? At least smile and nod so I can move on. We need to on a regular basis reprioritize our life. Understand something. Life's biggest challenges require extensive prayer, planning, and, pri- and, and preparation and a reprioritization of our responsibilities. I think of the first century church in Acts chapter 1 and 2. God was moving his plan to phase 2. Phase 1 was the earthly ministry of Jesus. Phase 2, which we're living in right now, is the, is the earthly ministry of the church. We are his hands extended. And you know what had to take place for great things to happen on planet earth? God's people had to go through a massive reprioritization of their life. They had to refocus their life about what was, what was the top priority in their life. And you think about the first century church. Hey, they went through this massive uh, uh, reorganization of their whole world. Their world had been rocked by Jesus Christ and his vision for their life. And then he, Jesus went to heaven and he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Let me just tell you some things that they did in preparation for God's will to be realized in their life. Hey, they attended the first 40-day church growth seminar. Not four hours, not 40 minutes. 40 days. Read it in Acts chapter 1, the first couple of verses. The resurrected Christ spent 40 days with the early church, pouring into their life, principle, vision, and destiny. How many of you know that would, that would require a little reprioritization of all of our world? So they attended the first 40-day uh, church growth seminar. They attended the church-wide corporate prayer meeting. Acts chapter 1, verse 14 says, they were all together. Everyone say together. You see, we're beginning in January coming together. And they were all together in one place praying in harmony in one accord, seeking the face of God, praying and preparing and planning. They all attended that prayer meeting and, hey, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, we'll see you tomorrow uh, or next week. They just prayed and prayed. They were waiting on the promise of the Father. Then they attended a church business meeting. I don't know if you knew that or not. But they had to replace one of the apostles. And they, they came together in prayer. And God chose in their behalf Matthias. They all were together. Reprioritizing and, and strategically planning and structuring their world. For God's will to be realized in their life. And then as you know in Acts chapter 2. They were all together. When the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And their purpose in life. 
was radically transformed. For Jesus had told them, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. For when the promise of the Father comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Somebody say power. You'll be, receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Wow. You see, if we want to gain some fresh perspective about our life, we want to get the vision of God burning within us, we're going to have to take time to pray and plan and prepare and prioritize our world. And then number two of this looking forward, we need to take action now. Everyone say, take action now. What do you mean, take action now? I thought we were planning and praying. You know, at some point, prayer and and planning has to move into action. And let me say this about your future in about 2013. There are some things, listen carefully, you and I need to begin doing now to prepare us for tomorrow. There's some places in your life you need to take action now. And let me just say, some people, one of these days, I'm going to do that. One of these days, oh, when the Lord wills. Hey, there's some things you and I need to do. Come on, say it. Now, not tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. There's some, listen, some things you just got to get a hold of and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it right now. I'm not waiting on a goosebump. I'm not waiting on an angel. I'm not waiting on four or five confirmations. There's some things in life you and I know we need to do and we need to do them now because they are the necessary things uh, that, that God wants us to do now to get us to our tomorrows. One of the biggest tactics the devil uses in, in God's people's lives is procrastination. We put it off and we put it off and we put it off, and we put it off, and we put it off. Listen, procrastination is a dream killer. Procrastination is a vision killer. You say, well, I'm not at the place where it's being realized. Hey, there's some things you do now to realize your dreams tomorrow. And you and I know those things that we procrastinate on and scripture teaches that we should never procrastinate. In fact, I love the disciples. You know, man, when you read about the call of God on the disciples, Matthew 4, Luke 5, it says this about the disciples. When they came face to face with Jesus, Jesus, he called them into ministry. But listen, he didn't call them to Bible school. He didn't call them uh, to do anything. He said, "Just just follow me. I'm not asking you to teach a Bible class. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm asking you to just follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. You just have to follow me. They didn't have cell phones in those days, but I can just imagine some of us, we get our phone out and we start texting our BFF. I'm not real sure what that is, but I see it a lot. And I met this guy. He says, follow him. I don't know. What do you think? We all think, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we ought to pray about it a little bit. Not the disciples. The Bible says immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately they left their boats, they left their nets, and they began to follow him. They took action right then. 
There's some things in your life that if you don't begin to do them now, you will never arrive into the destiny of God for your life. There were some that met Jesus and he called them and invited them to follow him. And they said, well, well, Jesus, we appreciate your kindness and more. We're excited about the future and all. But, you know, one guy said, I, I got to go first bury my father and then I'll come follow you. And there's no evidence that grand old daddy was even dead yet. So basically what he's saying, you know, my dad's getting old and, you know, one of these days he's going to die. When he dies, then I'll come follow you. Right now I have a responsibility to take care of my daddy. And after that, that sounds real good. But you know what? Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. There's some things in life, if we're going to arrive into our future, if we're going to get a fresh vision for our future, that we need to begin to do right now. Let me just give you a few that would apply to all of us here this morning. You want a few? How about Wednesday night, we all come to our family dedication service and rally together to dedicate our families and our futures and our new year to God and seek him with all our heart and say, God, in 2013, we dedicate our family to you. We dedicate our businesses to you. We dedicate our lives to you. We will not wander around in our own will, but we will do the will of God in 2013. That would be something good to do right now. Or you can stay home and watch Oprah reruns, whatever you want. I'm being a little sarcastic, but hey, I'm trying to rattle our cage a little this morning. There's some things you and I can take action now. Here's another one that we've got for you. Attend, here we go, January 6th. This is going to rattle some of you. On Sunday morning, uh, Pastor Sam's going to begin preaching, coming together. And, and, and I'm going to share this, basically something along this, this line with you over the next few weeks in January. That, that you and yours are very important to God and his church. And his church is very important to you. Coming together. That's something you can do now. You can begin to say, oh, 2013, I'm coming together. I'm going to, in fact, oh, I can't, I'm going to preach next Sunday's message right now. Listen, when Jesus began to talk about the church, he's talked about the body of Christ. How many of you know the finger can't just sit around and flop around on the floor and do anything effective for God? Ooh, the finger, ooh, look at the finger. He can't even point good. He can't even be rude, okay, without the hand, okay? We need one another. That's why it's the nature of God. Listen, it's the nature of God for you and I to be plugged into the local church it's his whole mindset and if we don't get it and if we're not doing it effectively we become disjointed and unconnected and unblessed by God I said it there's some things we can do now and also January 6th comes sundown, we can start fasting and praying and plugging into the Daniel fast. You say, oh, preacher, what's the Daniel fast? Let me just say this, Google it. That's my answer about everything now. People ask me Bible questions. I say, well, Google it. Have you Googled it? You can do that. I learned that from Pastor Sonny. He and I text sometimes in the early morning because I know he's up. And if I have a little Bible question, uh, I might quiz him. And we back and forth sometimes. And so I text him something and immediately came back with the answer. And I said, how'd you do that so, so fast? He said, I Googled it. I went, okay, I should have done that. I didn't, I didn't need you to help me Google it. Uh, but hey, Daniel fast, 21 days. 
Daniel had a very specific diet where he got rid of the bluebell. Some of us need to do that anyway. Some of us got the bluebell swell. He got rid of bluebell. He got rid of pudding and cake and meat. Meat? You get rid of meat? French fries. Whataburger. And he set aside his life to seek God. And 21 days, angels started showing up in his life. Revealing to him future things. That's something you can do when? Now, you can, well, it's next Sunday we begin, but that's taking action. You can say today, you know what? I'm going to go home and Google it. And I'm going to learn about the Daniel fast. And I'm going to plug in with Pastor Sam and other staff members and members of his family. And we're going to Daniel fast. Uh, and we're going we're to plug in and get involved. And I'm going I'm to do it. Amen. I'm going to take some action right now. Oh, Lord, I need you to bless me in 2013. Oh, Lord, I need a raise in 2013. I'm being, sometimes I pass them get a little cranky. But listen, hey, if, you, if those are your prayers, we may need to pray and fast a little bit. Amen. Oh, Lord, the devil's after me. Oh, Lord. Hey, did you know sometimes Jesus, in fact, about one guy who was demon possessed, he said, well, this kind doesn't come out without prayer and fasting. In fact, Matthew 6, Jesus talked about three or four important things. He said, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. Not if you fast, but when you fast. You see, if you're going to look forward into this, how would we expect God to favor us? And we talked about that all through December, to favor us if we do not position ourselves in a place where he can visit us and favor us. Could I get a better amen? I'm going to fake cough in a minute just to get a blessing out of you. (laughs) How about plugging in in a couple of Wednesday nights as you saw Brother Robert Morris sharing with us and going through this series with us, The God I Never Knew. You want to fall in love with Jesus and get a fresh relationship with the Holy Spirit? It begins the second Wednesday night of the month. We'll break, we'll, we'll watch a little video, break into small groups, and then have a prayer time and just experience the Holy Spirit in our life in a whole new dimension. Amen. And then, hey, pastors, this is the things you can do now. Everybody say now. Some things you can take action now. And in fact, listen to this. I have set aside the first Sunday night of every month where I'm going to be teaching a series all through the year on the first Sunday night of the month right here. Anyone, everyone is invited called learning to lead from the, from any level. That is a series about leadership and about uh, discipleship and about influencing your world from any level. And, and if you went to all 12 in 2013, you're going to gain some great truth. We're not going to, we're not going to spend a lot of time discussing. I'm going to get up at 630. We're going to smile and nod. I'm going to give you a pencil and some paper and some notes. And I'm going to teach for an hour about leadership. And at, at 730, I'm going to look at you and say, God bless you. You can go home with your family. One hour, 12 hours of leadership training from your pastor Things that will equip you and prepare you for your tomorrows. There's some things, if you want God to do some things in your life in 2013, there's some things you're going to just have to take action now.
Amen. Everyone say, take action now. And here's one more thought about looking forward. Take someone with you. Now this is hugely important. It's not about you. It's not about you crossing the finish line first. It's about how many you can take with you. I'll never forget a video I saw, YouTube video. It was like a relay race or a long distance race around the track and someone blew out their leg or knee and the competitor turned around and saw, saw what happened. Turned around, wasn't about winning first. She took her competitor over her shoulder and they hobbled across the finish line together. Paul the apostle, as he came to the close of his life, he began to realize more and more the necessity of how many can I get across the finish line to be able to accomplish the will of God for that. Listen to me carefully. In 2013, God has some people in your life that he has ordained that you are responsible for. That you have the responsibility to take them with you into the will of God in the new year. I just want somebody to take me. It's not about you. Well, I need help. Hey, I'm going to help you. There's somebody else that needs your help. See, we'll help one another. But hey, there are people out there. And listen, Paul looked at his son in the faith, Timothy, and he gave him three thoughts. And, I want, and this is our mantra in our leadership team. It's model. Everyone say model. Everyone say model. Listen, what did Paul tell Timothy? In fact, hey, I'm just about done. So look in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Don't get nervous. I'm about done. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, where Paul told Timothy in verse 12. He said, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. What's he saying? You got to be a good example. You got to model Christ to a world that needs Christ. You got to be a good example to the body of Christ. God is looking for young men, young women, old men, old women, all kinds of people in between, you know, red and yellow, black and white. We're all precious in his sight. He is looking for you to be a role model to a world that needs Christ. Take somebody with you. This year, Did you know we could come to this moment next year if everyone in this room took this to heart and this place would be full? Take somebody with you. Everybody say model. And then the next word is mentor. Everyone say mentor. Not only just from afar, let people see your good works and glorify your father in heaven, but hey, begin mentor them. Look in second Timothy chapter two, look in verse two. He said, and the things that you have heard from me, Paul's telling this to Timothy among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men. Began to mentor people in the things of God. Well, I need somebody to mentor me. We'll do that. I'm doing that. Hey, you can come every, every month. You can come to learning to lead from the next level. You can come to Wednesday night. You can come to Sunday morning. You can come to other things that we have through the year. And you'll be mentored in the things of God. But listen carefully. A mentor without someone he's mentoring, is, it, it just stifles the purpose of God. 
Look at your neighbor and say, we've got to take somebody with us. Come on, look, come on, really. Look at somebody. We've got to take somebody with us. We've got to model, we've got to mentor. And here's the cool part. You'll begin to multiply the kingdom of God. Everyone say multiply. Look what it says, verse two. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You see, the goal is, is not only for you to mentor somebody, the goal is for they to then turn around and begin to model mentor and multiply again. That's how the world will be reached for the cause of Christ. It's called discipleship. Are you with me? Everyone said, we, we got to look back. Everyone say we got to look forward. Let me give you two more quickly. Just two more quickly. Here they are. The first one is, you got to spend some time looking down. Looking down. Well, according to Ephesians, in fact, Ephesians chapter 2 talks about the fact that we are positioned with Christ in heavenly places. We're seated with him. I've shared this before. But how many of you know, until you understand your position, you'll never change your condition. Most people look at their condition and they wonder, how am I ever going to change my condition? By changing your position. Most people don't realize that we're seated, Ephesians 2, 6, we're seated with Christ and heavenly places. That means and we're, we're looking down on the circumstances, not down in the basement digging holes. Most people are trying to scramble out of an issue, always trying to dig their way out of a jam. Listen, according to my Bible, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. And when I get that right in here, that's where I'm at. I'm in him. I'm in Christ. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And I'm looking down on this scene. I'm not trying to scramble up out of this scene. And when I understand my position, it will change my condition. Look at your neighbor, give him a high five, say, I'm going to do that in 2013. Come on. I'm looking down. And then, in a seeming paradox, we need to spend some time looking up. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You want to gain some fresh perspective for 2013, some positive perspective for 2013? Hey, realize you're seated with Christ in heavenly places and keep your eyes on him. He will lead you through. And you'll gain some positive perspective for 2013. Yes, we've got to look back a little bit and process our past properly by looking at our mistakes, but also our milestones and then being willing to look at the mandate of God on our life. Yes, we've got to look back, but then we've got to look forward. Take some serious time to pray, plan, and prepare. Reprioritize our world. Some things we've got to take action now. Are you with me? We've got to take action now if we're going to look forward. And then we've got to take somebody with us. And then we just, hey, realize I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm looking down. And also looking up, keeping my eye on him. I've given you some great tools to help you in 2013. 
How many of you not only appreciate that, but you know somebody in your life who could use some of these thoughts? Got anybody in your life? Okay. Hey, listen, you can share it with them personally. You can point them towards iTunes. In fact, Beverly and I, when we came home last night from her family, there's some of her family that are going through some things. We began to discuss and I said, Beverly, pause a minute here. We could talk about them and be concerned for, even pray for them. But are there some things that maybe we need to do for them? Some truth we need to impart to them to really make a difference in their life. There's some things we all need to accomplish in 2013. And I believe if we'll begin to take these tools, apply them in our life, we'll begin to see the blessing of God come upon us in this coming year. Let's stand together today. Today, some of you have never gotten past the past. I got through four thoughts and you're still looking back on point one, your mistake. Well, I came to tell you, you got to get past the past. You got to begin to process it righteously. Realize that it's exactly that. It's the past. Shouldn't rehearse it. Shouldn't nurse it. Now, in fact, you ought to begin to curse that thing that's dragging you down. Command it to get out of your brain and mind and off your life. And then you'll begin to see God reverse it in your life. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Father, today as we come to the close of this service, really the beginning of a new year, for just a few hours we'll all be sharing with someone Happy New Year. And Lord, it's a cliche because many times because people don't gain fresh perspective from you, get a positive perspective about their future from you, it's really not a happy new year. So Lord, today I pray for those who are listening to me in this room as well as those who are listening to me by tape, by CD, by podcast. Father, I pray today you would help us begin to gain a fresh perspective for this coming year that would position us in a place of great victory and blessing and productivity for you. And Father, if there's some things we need to do today to begin to take action for our tomorrow, Lord, help us do them today. Lord, we thank you. You've given us a future and a hope. We rejoice in that. We rejoice in our future. Help us seize the day. With every head bowed and every eye closed.